Hey everyone, uh, we recorded this podcast yesterday, Saturday at 11am. Um, ben uh, joins us and tells us about um, his grandfather who was in intensive care. Uh, ben posted last night that unfortunately his grandfather didn't make it. So um, just wanted to drop that in just at the start. It's uh, it's horrible news. It's a story that I think we're going to hear repeated a lot over the coming months um, as this horrible virus takes hold. So kind of hits home the reality of what's going on here. Um, All of us from the podcast uh, put a message out to Ben last night in a private chat, just checking he's okay, and we will do over the next few days because I know how close he was to his granddad. So, yeah, um, all I love, Ben, and to your entire family. Um, What a rubbish way to start a podcast. I'm sorry, folks, but this is reality. Um, anyway, here it is. Hello everyone, here we are. This is um, a very strange um, version of the BrewDog News podcast. We are doing this in a roundtable format. Uh, no, for, no theme music, uh, none of the usual silliness. Uh, it feels a bit more serious right now. We should probably uh, be taking it that way. However, uh, we are here to chat and uh, try and put a smile on people's faces as best we can. Uh, I should just mention straight away that uh, one of us uh, has this hitting very close to home just now. Uh, ben, um, I'm really grateful you've come on here just now. Um, but yeah, your your granddad's not doing too well just now. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about it. Um, yeah, um, we um, we had a bit of a, a scare with uh, my grandmother, uh, thinking that she could come down with it. Um, but it turned out she was um, panicking about my uh grandfather and um when they uh when they went to check them uh it turned out that he had all the uh symptoms of COVID-19 so uh he's been in hospital for the last few days the NHS are doing a stellar job um it's just uh unfortunately as we can't visit we're having to be uh, drip fed updates from uh the doctor's pit so um yeah if i get a phone call throughout this i might have to go and take that but um yeah as i'm indoors anyway it goes without saying that you know if you need to drop out at any point you don't need to explain just go buddy it's absolutely cool with us yeah but it's like it's one of those things where you don't know what to do if you're but you're locked indoors there's nothing else i can really do at this time um just keep myself active and doing things so uh, i'm grateful to have the podcast really well, um, let me introduce everybody else. Uh, you know Andrew. Um, you're looking good there, Andrew. You've got your big headphones on, uh, guitar in the background. Are you feeling happy? Delated, Robert. Delated. Not climbing the walls at all. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's here, of course. Uh, what, sporting a Brewdog t-shirt. Uh, yes. which, one, which one's that one? It's just a, gen- it's a it's general the, one, isn't it? Yeah, the one with the... With the um, uh, Egg timer on the back, the sand timer on the back. Ooh, nice. Uh, and you might also recognise the beautifully shiny Doug Johnson there. Uh, Doug, um, thank you very much for joining us. You might want to tell the listeners what time it is uh, with you right now. It is quarter after six in the morning. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and uh, I presume you've got a nice cup of coffee or tea or something to get you? Uh, of course, I have a talk here and a here's a Jane for breakfast this morning. Okay, well, the Apocalypse looks nice. much better. All about commitment. Does for us, <laughs> so. 
Okay. Um, we've got a little bit of an agenda here. I say it is roundtable format. If you listen to this, you're not going to get all like the theme music like I've mentioned before. We're just going to have a general chat. I've got a few topics I'd like to make sure that we all hit. Uh, and hopefully we can kind of bring all the listeners up to speed with where we are. Uh, towards the end of this, we'll, we'll have a chat about uh, how we're personally finding it. But for now, we're going to focus on Brudo because, hey, that's why you're here after all. Um, let's wind the clock back and start at the beginning. So I imagine um, everyone remembers about, I think it was about three weeks ago, we were all going, hmm, this, uh, this coronavirus thing seems to be really kicking in. I wonder if it might affect the people coming up to the AGM in any way. I wonder if it's going to be a bit quieter. Um, and then we started going, oh, it's not <laughs> looking good here. Um, all these events are getting cancelled. There's no way the AGM can be going on. And then people really started moaning at BrewDog going, hey, why are you not making a decision about this? So um, I kind of wonder here if anybody's got any insight into to why BrewDog took a long time when everybody else was cancelling everything to make that decision. There's, there's been a lot of speculation, but did anybody hear anything about it? Um, I didn't hear anything direct, but I used to run events um, quite uh, I used to run like an annual fundraiser event in London. Um, we had event liability insurance. And when this was all going on, I actually dug out my old policies to see what the, um, what the line would have been uh, if, you know, there was like um, something like coronavirus and uh, you do have to wait for either the government or the venue to shut down the event to be able to claim your money back. Um, it looks as if though that um, because nothing was done until last week by the government um, that James actually negotiated a re um, like a uh, to um, uh, to delay the event because um, if you uh, look at how um, the venue have actually put it out there. They uh, said, well, we look forward to having you later in the year. And uh, they were saying that they were renegotiating um, events with people. So uh, I, I think that's the likely case, but um, I, I would know that they would have tried to claw back as much money as possible from their insurance if possible. Yeah. I mean, something like hiring out the exhibition center. Well, sorry, <clears throat> Teka, the exhibition center Aberdeen is not a cheap thing to do. And I suppose it was really important that, uh, you know, several, probably hundreds, thousands of pounds were not lost simply by going, all right, we're just going to stop this straight away. But it, it's, uh, you know, something we're probably going to talk about quite a lot today is optics. It didn't look good that BrewDog were holding off on that decision uh, and avoiding the question, basically. It did. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that, to be honest, Rob, because at the time they did cancel it, a lot of travel providers and accommodation providers had yet to introduce their own policies for cancellations. So um, at the end of the day, Brewdog, I feel we're in line with everywhere else. It's just our thirst for information in this day and age. Yeah. And everyone expected James to cancel the AGM at the drop of a hat without considering everything. I think across the board, other than something we'll come on to later about the uh, after the, the bars were shut um, and the speed there, I feel like Brewdog have been surprisingly considered with some of the actions they've taken and, um, in, and in a positive way, I would say. So it was clear, I think, to those of us following uh, without the sort of blind optimism that the, it couldn't happen in April. My personal view is it won't happen this year. And 
um, to be honest, we should now be concerning ourselves with whether we'll be out of the woods on this whole situation enough by April 2021. And that ultimately is the horizon. I think quietly most events planners will be working to. Yeah. Um, well, that sort of leads me on to what I was going to say next. It was it was all looking a bit grim and we were all kind of wondering what was happening. And Doug, I would imagine, what, three, four months ago when this was being talked about a lot here in the news, I would imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this was probably just a tiny blip on the radar for Americans at that point. Uh, yeah, when it started, um, well, part of my premise, I work with someone who is tied to the industry for vaccine development. So she pays much more attention to this kind of thing than most people would. So my, I was worried about things way before most people because she's she knows people on the front lines. Um, you know, a different side than Ben, but you know they're involved in the in the what's going on in the world. So I was always kind of like, and when they didn't cancel, I'm like, well, no, there there's a you pay a bunch of money for an event space. You have to follow the procedure to get it canceled in the right way because then you can get your insurance money back. I'm I'm waiting for the um, you know canceling the US AGM now, and that's not till August. Um, mm-hmm. Every every concert and show in the u.s i think is pretty much canceled through may and starting to fall off in june and july already for concerts and live events so yeah i mean it's just it's just every country is going to get it and it's just when they start and how long it takes to move through that that place yeah this is unprecedented I guess is a good word. This is, you know, the start of every zombie film we've ever seen. <laughs> the, um, you know, <clears throat> some words it's, have come surreal. Social distancing, unprecedented. Yeah. Um, loads of other phrases like that have been used so much recently that we haven't heard before. I, I think one of the things as well for you, Doug, and I'm, I'm really, really keen to make sure this doesn't go political, but it does feel from, from the UK's point of view that the misinformation coming out of the leadership in the US has been a problem. Um, yeah, you know. there has been from the leadership of this country, and I won't name names, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's been news conferences, and then afterwards, all the corrections come out for well, what was meant was, or what Ugh. what was meant to be said, or well, don't really try that drug that's for malaria because it's not made for this, and there have now been people who have died because they've taken the drug that's for malaria because someone at the top of the pile said you could use it for this. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's been some, some misinformation and of course everybody thinks it's conspiracy. Um, I ran into a guy at a gas station who was, who was literally ranting that this was a conspiracy to, you know, ruin the current political party. He was livid. I was just, it was terrifying to watch this guy. But, uh, you know, end of the day, this we're, we are literally all experiencing the same thing uh, worldwide, which does not happen often. Um, normally, things like this are isolated to a local area, um, a city, a state, a country. Yes, this is everybody. Yeah. We the tragedy are. is you can't even laugh at it because, you know, in any other situation, and, and forgive me for character. Ca- Forgive me for creating a caricature, Doug, but uh, you know, over here when we look at America, we think things like liberal gun policy is just Darwin at work. You can't even laugh at this situation <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. unfortunately, 
well, fortunately and unfortunately, depending on your viewpoint, um, that it's it's going to be dreadful for those who aren't choosing to believe the the reality of the situation. And ultimately, when you've got a president and a vice president, both of more advanced years than most, standing next yeah. to each other, sharing the same oxygen and disease. Yeah. Um, if I was the Speaker of the House of Representatives, I'd be rubbing my hands at the potential new house I'm going to get at some point. Anyway. Yeah, there, there's... You know, one of the things I've talked about, there's so much beyond the horizon on this thing. We just, we have no idea the, the trajectory of this is, I mean, United States in the last, well, we're gaining about 20 to 25% more cases every day. I mean, it's, it's exponential. Um, and we're, we're not even slowing down yet. We're picking up speed on the number of cases. So yeah. They literally say what would have been great is if people listened in high school math class when they were taught about logarithms and exponential growth because then we'd all actually understand the gravity of this situation. Yes. But never gonna you know, use that in real life. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But we are where we are. I think, you know, we're recording this the day after it was announced the uh, both the Prime Minister and the health secretary and the chief medical officer have obviously been sharing beer glasses and have yeah. shared this virus between themselves as well. So it's uh it's an interesting time. Yeah. And, uh, I guess back to, to, to Brewdog, I feel, um, and the, the AGM in particular, I think it was, as I say, I think we're all pretty much understanding why it's not going ahead, but I'm still amazed that it slowed down the last couple of days, but still people suggesting, oh, I might go to Aberdeen anyway. Yeah. <laughs> that really shocked me, yeah. the amount of people that were saying that. And then, Rob, you're like, I don't know if you said this or if you thought this. Like, no, keep your bugs where you are just now. Oh Stop, God, don't bring 100%. them to me. I was. I mean, I'm just. Re- I've been reading so much of this, and I, I've had to sort of make a conscious effort not to to be one of these people going on there, going stay away. But you know, absolutely <laughs> thinking it. Yeah. Um, Doug, uh, we we got the sort of um, we, it got a phased approach here. We got told, you know, probably not a good idea to go to the pubs. Then we got told. We advise you not to go to the pubs, and that was before they shut the pubs down. So that was yeah. a, was that a week ago now or two weeks? I'm losing track of time completely. Um, what happened in the states with that? Is it the same? I presume. I mean, I presume all the bars are shut now, um, as well uh, as the brew dog bars. Well, the United States, being the way it is, it's very it varies state to state. Um, like Ohio closed down early because they had a lot of cases, and from the brew dog standpoint, I believe. A lot of the BrewDog bars are mostly shut, if not completely shut. I know they're still brewing beer in Columbus. Some of the bars, I believe, are doing carryout. But I think most of them are just closed. So most of the BrewDog U.S. employees are they're out of work. They're done. Yeah. Um, some states say bars are, you know, um, what's the word? Essential parts of the economy. Yeah. And some states say not. Some liquor stores. Some states say liquor stores. Um, or, or what you guys call them off license where you can go buy beer and, and booze are part of the economy and other states say they aren't. So we have people in Pennsylvania, we know that are driving across the state line to buy booze in Maryland because the liquor stores in Pennsylvania are closed. So yeah, yeah. it's every state's different. I mean, there's Mrs. The guy, the governor of Mississippi says, why should I close anything down? You know, it's like, and, and, you know, there's no coherent leadership right now in the United States. Um, what they should have done when they first were found out about this in January was just nobody flies in, nobody flies out. We're just going to close the borders completely. Four weeks. It's going to suck. 
but you know that's all second guessing that's all looking back you know if we would have yeah but uh yeah it's that's the problem is it every state's different yeah there's been a lot of that here as well there's been a lot of oh we should have should have acted sooner and you know um but i mean the the government here have always said look you know we're following the advice of the experts where it was never as i understand it it was about um making it, it, this was always going to happen this was always going to take hold uh, so it was now trying to time it so, so there was no point in locking everything down too early because then people would be wanting to get back out too early and it would it would just be a nightmare yeah. so yeah anyway let's yeah it's, it's tricky this because we're going to keep having to swing it back to brew dog so I'll, I'll i'll be the one cutting the conversations off um we got the don't go to the pubs and then a uh, pretty horrible thing happened uh we started seeing that BrewDog had laid off people. Um, it wasn't the long-term staff or anything like that. It was uh, anybody who was on a, a probation period and um, anybody who was maybe just a, a contractor or something like that, they just got the instruction straight away. Um, and that, that hit home hard because immediately people that we all knew and people on the forum and people on High Hard Call You BrewDog, you know, uh, started to say, wow. Um, well, it went beyond that, though, Rob. And um, we don't want to breach any confidences here, but it, it, you know, there were options offered to existing staff as well around um, salary reductions, around uh, voluntary redundancy available as well, which some people did take. And you, in some ways, I was really disappointed with BrewDog's reaction. In other ways, you can't blame them at all. Um, I was disappointed, if anything, that given help from the treasury was promised to uk businesses within a matter of days that brewdog reacted really quickly and cut a load of staff at the same time they had no way of trusting when that information and help would come out and as we've seen with the self-employed in the uk it, it took a further week for them to get any clarity there was every chance that that brewdog would have run out of cash the bigger issue is where on earth is the resilience in the business to be able to survive Say, for example, and knock on wood, but say there was a fire in Ellen and it took out all of Site 3 where uh, it's, that's a whole brewing facility dedicated to punk brew, uh, production. In a, in a dreadful scenario, if that was taken out, again, with punk being such a significant part of BrewDog's um, revenue and production, it would probably have a similar impact to this situation. Yet there wasn't and didn't seem to be the ability for the business to hang on for a month or two to weather the storm. I, <clears throat> Joe, if I walked into you and say, Joe, I'm taking away 70% of your income tomorrow, I think you'd probably make some pretty rash decisions there and then. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that it's completely... The, the, the problem is, like, for me is when... Uh, you know, I don't know who he was, probably James, uh, the head of this making decisions. He's making decisive decisions there and then. He's panicking. Um, it, it's been well documented just how, you know, he by himself, that how stressful he's found this whole situation. Well, he um, has, but you, you compare it to personal finances. You know, I'm very fortunate that so far, so good on, on my job, other than being being having to work from home in a small flat in London. But I've tightened the belt. You know, I've I've cut back to essential purchases. Okay, a couple of extravagant things around booze and 
basically I made a decision to support businesses that need some support. So I bought a load of wine from a vineyard that I invested in. I bought some, um, <laughs> you know, some, I've got a, a good friend who runs a confectionery business in Edinburgh. So I put in an order with, with her just because she needs the cash flow. But beyond that, you go around the supermarket and you think, eh, I don't really need that or I might trade down a bit. And in Brewdog sense, that means stop doing the, the marketing stuff. Let's stop with new product development. Let's stop with things that are loss making, like subsidizing delivery charges, like fanzine, like not considering Brewdog Airlines. It doesn't mean cut all your staff at once, particularly for a business that was um, so supposedly so in tune with being a good employer, with looking after its people. And that, that jarred with me in the first instance. Yeah. Joe, did you think it was a bit rash? It shocked me when I saw that people had already been laid off. I thought that was I thought it was a very quick decision. But again, like decisions have got to be made in this situation. And yeah. if that's what was felt at the time was right, because the government wasn't coming out at that point in time with how they were going to support people. Yeah. Ben, no, and I think you're. I think you're right, Joe. Sorry to interrupt, but my point. Going back to my point on. We have the usual production was taken out because of an unforeseen. It's the same situation. You know, it's 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 the same situation where where on earth is the financial resilience to weather a storm yeah, for a few months? I, totally I know the business I know the business is in massive high growth, and you you don't get a return from sitting on cash, but it also it's a trade off between stopping the business keeling over. Yeah, I don't know. This is, this is bigger, though. I mean, you know, if you do the math, if they've got 2,000 employees and they're paying everybody, you know, well, in American, like $30,000 a year on average, that's like $40 million, no, $60 million a month or a year in salary. I mean, that's a tremendous amount of money that's just strictly a cost. So, I mean, I probably would have pulled the trigger sooner. Um, I know my boss... Um, Everybody across the company's got a pay cut. I lost. I took a fifteen percent pay cut. I cut off any um, discretionary spending I have. I turned off everything. I'm not going to buy beer. I can confirm. Doug took me up on the offer. I sent an email out to all the Patreon um, subscribers saying, "Please go ahead, revise or cancel completely." Um, I'd love to keep doing this. There's still costs, so it's great if anybody wants to continue and does have spare cash, but I am in no illusion that I'm expecting everybody to pretty much stop that payment. And Doug absolutely did, yeah. So, Because, you know, we don't know if this is going to be two more weeks or four more months. I mean, that's the thing. You know, um, if the brewery in Ellen burned down, there's, you know, it's going to take, you know, four months or six months to rebuild yeah. it. And then there's, there's a known time of restart of income. But this, we're all just like, uh, hopefully in three months we'll be back working and making money. I, I, yeah, I don't. I I told my boss when he gave me the when he called me. I'm like, I am so glad I don't go anywhere near owning a business right now. And I yeah. said, if you have to let me go, you have to let me go because at the end of this, I want to go back to work for him. So I think we're actually in very similar position. I just think it the the business you would hope has a, a longer survival ability than a matter of days if a major crisis strikes. And that's what struck me as being challenging. And it wasn't about this particular situation. It was a general point that you'd hope there was a bit more resilience there. Yeah, but Andrew, I mean, 
you're giving you know the the the, the sort of this idea of like you know that fire in hell and shutting down production there's um there's a usa brewery there's a, a european brewery there's um there's there's ways that and time scales that could be predicted here as in I'm quite sure Brewdog would have enough money in the bank to weather an awful event like that um, and, and be able to get through it. No one, I don't think, in their right mind could have ever envisaged something this big. And how much money would that have to be? I mean, and as investors, we, we've bought into a business that is growing at this phenomenal rate, and, and that is the business model. This is what we've bought into. So it's incredibly susceptible to to this event um, but in terms of proportion of the business if james has said that they've lost 70 percent of their income overnight that equates it's maybe a little bit more than the share that punk has of brewdog stable so what i'm saying is if there was an event that took out their ability to make punk so site three for example becoming unavailable for whatever reason for a couple of months it's a similar economic shock to the business now yes they could still trade in the bars with other beer with guest beer etc so it's not a complete parallel but at the same time you know supermarkets are still buying the beer off licenses have now been uh, said to be to be crucial yes there's a huge shock here but it's not the source of shock financially for Brewdog that i would say is, is something that they wouldn't have seen coming in some context just not from a pandemic yeah Okay. I think, um, um, I think right, a lot right, of lessons right. are going to be learned uh, from what's uh, what's happened for a lot of businesses. Really, I mean, yeah. um, locally, um, I mean, I've been relying heavily on small businesses um, for years, and to seeing seeing them all struggle at the moment is kind of heartbreaking because um, you know uh, even the ones that we would consider essential at the moment they're just not being utilized. Um, we've got a, a local butchers who um, they, they supply mainly restaurants um, across the rest of the country, but locally uh, we've got like a farm shop and we've got a, um, we've got like a, a butcher's shop that we can go into um, because their trade business is just completely gone. Uh, they've had to close the butcher's shops and um, they're usually like a lifeline for our community um they uh have some rural shops they have shops um in like garden centers and stuff to try and um bolster their local appeal to try and keep things fresh and um local uh for the local community but uh, about 80 percent of their business is restaurants in london restaurants in manchester and uh they've they've had to go into like survival mode um they're they're not able to open their shops um, just because they're not getting enough money in. You you would have thought uh, again. This is a like a family butchers that's been going for nearly a hundred years. Wow. You would have thought there would have been some kind of resilience, but unfortunately, they've been like flying off the seat of their pants because they're um, they're competing with the supermarkets. That's, this, that's... this goes for all businesses, though. I'd say, Ben, and it's. Mm. <laughs> whether it's Brewdog or whether it's, it's a local butcher and around my way, the local butcher has been completely sold out, even though they are ridiculously expensive and they've been queued at the door and have done really well to the extent that the only place I've been able to buy meat is from a butcher in Inverurie randomly um, wow. who, who can ship around the country with um, dry ice packs inside a polystyrene box, which is recyclable. I'm glad to see. Um, and, you know, loads up the freezer with that. And ultimately that's, that's the only place for a couple of weeks I was able to find stuff. And that's a business that 
over time. Okay, they've got lucky because they have the resource to do that because they've long been a mail-order meat company. But this is where businesses, if they can, have the opportunity to adapt to to meet the current needs. So in the case of your butcher, it's, it's a real shame that they're struggling like so many other businesses. But what I see around here are businesses that have taken a hit but have also adapted just to keep the lights on with whether it's local delivery whether it's partnering with other businesses to to provide a service and ultimately to make it as i say a brew dog point this is a huge shock and i don't want anyone to think i'm i'm hating on brew dog for ultimately a situation that's out of their control my point primarily is that it's just of concern to me as an investor that there wasn't a few weeks of contingency to keep business as usual, ultimately where they could buy themselves time as a business to work out their next move. Yeah. Because when you're a 2000 person employer, your duty to those employees is far greater than Ben's local butcher, which I'm going to assume isn't employing uh, more than a couple of hundred people, if, if even a hundred. And that, that is, that's my point, I guess. Um, of course it's, um, it is just one of those things where um, people are going to learn um, like very harsh lessons, and you know, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't want to be in James's shoes at all at the moment. And uh, I mean, obviously, he um, he made the decisions that he did, and he's got to remain agile to the marketplace. Um, but, but you're absolutely right, and I'm applying yeah. 2020 hindsight here as well. Don't get of me course. wrong, yeah, um, which is a very easy position to be in on a Saturday morning, the sun shining, and uh, <laughs> yeah. dogs having dogs having hazy Jane for breakfast. I mean, the world has. <laughs> I was going to say the world's changed significantly, um, but maybe that's that's how dog rolls. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, sorry, James has just uh, emailed in asking if he can join the podcast. Yeah, um, where's he sent that to? Uh, your email. Okay, I shall deal with that. Um, let's talk about something positive that BrewDog did while I get this sorted out. Let's talk about um, Hop Drop that came up for a few days that the pubs were still open. Um, did anybody use it? How did it go? Did anybody hear any feedback on that? I'm too far from a bar to make use of it. So Yeah, me too. Yeah, I used it once. Um, unfortunately, my local bar was uh, only open shortly. Uh, it was one of the first two shut fully but um it was nice to see um the bar staff they were still in good spirits uh, i baked them some brownies and took them along <laughs> Aww, um, <well> done. <laughs> but um yeah i'm i am kind of like missing the local bar staff because um they're all such lovely people um like i consider them all friends because um you know even when i'm not at the brew dog bar we do socialize outside of brew dog um they're all such really nice people after i did my um dogs on deck shift um and also like a few days before the shutdown um i had my birthday party there and you know they they all sorted out the cake and even the staff who weren't working came and um like had a drink with me and it was it was such a good uh um, it, it was a really busy night as well. So, you know, I think it was one of the busiest nights that that bar has had in years. Um, so it was it was kind of nice to think that, you know, the Southampton bar, which is kind of seen as like one of their least profitable, uh, is, is hopefully still going to be there um, when we have the reopen. Because, uh, you know, it, it was turning a, a corner and... Um, 
you know the extra lines made it a more uh, attractive venue than others in the area so um, one that i feel sorry for if you can see my t-shirt it's uh, again yeah. my favorite my favorite bar and i'm not afraid to say it is clark and well and <laughs> Oh, they, oh they, they, had, they were just closing for their refit, yeah, weren't they? They, they, were, refit, yeah, they were, oh, their reopening party was meant to be on the Thursday um, when, uh, of, of the week where we were told in the UK to stop going to, to bars. So they did have, a, I think, a soft reopening with, with the staff, but I just felt so awful for them because they'd, you know, there's good investment there, capital expenditure there, um, and a really solid backing from BrewDog to allow them to extend the bar, to put in new new soft furnishings and and just remodel it a bit. So they had basically a day or two of trading at a very low level before they've had to to mothball the place. So oh, it's that that's for me was the 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 really tough piece is you know hoping that the, the impact on places like that through no fault of their own had uh can come out the other side because Clerkenwell's such a lovely, lovely space and Rachel runs such a good bar there. And uh, I just thought the timing couldn't have been worse for them. Bless them. But I can't wait um, to be back there for reopening. Yeah, same. Yeah, new person on the podcast. You might recognise this one. Hello, James. How are you? Um, I am fighting through it after what has been a very tough and very challenging couple of weeks. Your timing is excellent because we have already gone through all the really horrible stuff that came at first, <laughs> and we're just about to start talking about all the positive stuff that you're doing. So, wait, wait, let's let's take a pause. What, what, what's the horrible stuff? And I would love to give you our perspective on it. Yeah, well, we basically so let's speak about that. Yeah, sure. We just talked about the um, the initial, obviously, as things played out back a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was uh, you. You obviously had to make the decision early. You got hot drop started and things like that, but you had to make the decision to let a few of the um, contracted and um, the other staff go. And the word's failing me now, of course. Brilliant, we've mentioned it earlier. Uh, but yeah, some staff had to go. Uh, and I know yesterday you've posted up online saying that um, now that the government plans have come out, you're trying to sort that out. Um, we were just talking about the fact there seemed to be a lot of negativity about that that sort of reaction um, you know, being made early in the process before we'd heard what the government plans were. So, I mean, the challenge here is I, I have to do two things. I have to try and save the company and I have to try and save as many jobs as we can. So we've lost 70% of our revenue overnight. Pretty much all of our 102 bars are closed. The other thing that is, I'll be honest, an absolute <laughs> so many of our customers are not paying us and they've told us they are not going to pay us. Oh, and that's yeah. how we pay our staff. So any decision that we have made through this has been made with one goal, and that is to protect as many jobs, as many incomes, as many livelihoods as we possibly can. And in times like this, sometimes that means we have to make tough decisions. Sometimes that means we need to make decisions that are heartbreakingly tough. I was actually in tears addressing our staff on, on Wednesday of last week, myself and Martin, have taken no salary at all from 1st of March. We're intending taking no salary at all until we, we're out the other side of this. We're delighted with what the government's done and what that has enabled us to do is take all those people back and put them on an income, which, which for me is really good. And it was just a very, very small percentage of our workforce. But the ultimate disaster for us here is we can't keep the ship afloat and then 2000 jobs are gone 
And in today's environment, losing this much of our revenue with customers not paying us, that is what we've got to fight tooth and nail against. And it's incredibly tough, but we're delighted that what the government has put in place, straight off the back of that, we're in contact with all of these people. Um, and that's, that's, all, that's all back, but it's, it's tough. Yeah, James, yeah. It's, it's Andrew here. Um, I, I, I was think, we were thinking and chatting about resilience um, uh, before you joined us and trying to find a parallel. Um, so as the, the captain of the ship, what, what sort of resilience planning is there in general? I appreciate this is a completely unprecedented event in yeah. the last century. So I was, we were wondering about parallels and, you know, for example, in a sort of knock-on-wood disaster scenario where Site 3 is out of action for a couple of months and you can't produce punk to the same volume. Is there a parallel you can draw internally and what sort of disaster planning was there before this happened? There was no disaster. Like, how can you plan for something like this? How can any business yeah. plan for something like this? You just can't. So if yeah. Site 3 is out, and we actually thought last year that Site 3 might be out for a maintenance or something, so we had a plan in place where we'd make punk and clockwork in Columbus, Ohio, we'd put it in the UK pack format, we'd send it over, but no business can plan for this. The amount of unemployment that this has caused is off the charts. So in the US last week, 3.25 million people were made unemployed at the peak yeah. of the Great Depression. The most that was made unemployed in a week was 690,000. I would imagine that 40% of the buyers and restaurants in the UK high street are not going to open again. And wow. I think people are just not really aware of how much this is going to impact economies, impact livelihoods and it's such a tough time so our thoughts go to all of our community all of our staff their loved ones and everyone's focus at the moment has to be on their loved ones and their families but th this crisis is going to bite in so many ways and so many of the high street chains that we know and love are going to be an administration and liquidation at the cost of hundreds of thousands of jobs in the next few weeks and i think at the moment, we, we, we are at our full complement of people. There's not many businesses that can say that. And I think whatever we do to fight our way through this has to be judged through the lens of Carluccio's gone, Byron's gone, Chiquita's gone. That list is going to be about 10 companies long in the next few days, and that list is going to expand and expand. And if we come out of this not being on that list, which I'm sure we can do, I think that'll be a fantastic achievement for our team. Well, that, that was going to be my next question, James. Um, you know, the direct question, can BrewDog survive this? I mean, I know, I suppose it depends how long it goes on for, but can BrewDog survive this? We, we can survive this. And I just want to say the attitude of our team, the people who work in our company in the face of the most severe adversity, uncertainty we can ever imagine, it has been awe-inspiring and humbling to to be a part of and that is what what's going to get us through so i've never been more grateful for all the fantastic people that work in this business and there's a couple of key things for us for us to get through we need to continue being able to make beer which we're doing at the moment and if that's me and martin in the cannon line that is me and martin in the cannon line if that is me sleeping in this office that is me sleeping in this office we need to be able to ship beer to the supermarkets we need to be able to ship beer to our online shop if we can do that we can, we can get through this, we can get through this reasonably intact and we can come out the other side fighting. So that's a key thing for us, key thing for us in the States where that is happening as well. James, Hi. just for you personally, um, I, I thought you did a really interesting interview with Tom Hunter recently about uh, just about being in business, I guess. What support are you getting from, well, are there peers you can talk to as other business owners and, and you know, business captains, what support are you getting from TSG to try and get through this? Because I'm concerned about the amount of strain it's putting on you 
individually um, because ultimately as an investor, I want the guy at the top to at least have an outlet so that it's not taking a huge strain. Um, so is, is there anything you can tell us there about maybe other businesses that are supporting you or even just figureheads like that? Yeah, well, bizarrely, um, bizarre that you mentioned Tom Hunter. He was the first person I called when this <laughs> started going south and, and south quickly. And I've been in touch with him kind of every few days as we've been going through this and his input on everything has been absolutely fantastic. He's an amazing friend and an amazing sounding bird and somebody that I really can appreciate and listen to. Um, and just also a kind of fantastic team. So uh, Martin's been fantastic. David McDowell has been an absolute superstar in all of this as well. So um, externally it would be it would be Tom, but our senior team have really stepped up to the stepped up to the plate as well and worked very well. Tom Redding, who heads up digital and online shop, the online shop is doing about 15 times its usual volumes. Mm-hmm. If you think about how much strain that must put in everything, so he's done a great job leading that. And that that makes up a bit for the bar revenue that we have lost. So the UK bars in an average week do about a million pounds in revenue. That revenue is now completely gone. Online shop is doing at the moment, it usually does about 30 or 40, it's doing close to 500,000 a week in revenue. So that's made up a lot for what we've lost in terms of the, in terms of ours. And how are TSG supporting? Are there, is there much chat there or are they letting you get on with it, accepting it's a huge shock? Yeah, I mean, TSG have always been very hands-off in a, as an investor. They're there for when we need them and otherwise they just kind of leave us to it. They've been helping us with some cash flow modeling, some cash flow mapping. Um, they've been kind of sharing the best practices and learnings from the other TSG portfolio businesses. We've been in touch with them kind of every couple of days and they're there for help and support as and when we need them. Cool. James, let's uh, let's switch it up and talk about some of the more um, positive stuff if there is any going on. Just, just because... Go, on, go for it, yeah. Because you seldom have me. I mean, what, anything else that's... Because I think it's important in tough times we speak about good things, but we also speak about the things that are tough. Anything else that's been on the tough well, things list from your side? I mean, for me, I, I would think the one thing that people don't seem to understand is we, there's no, we don't have a concrete end, end to this crisis. And I think that's where I know my boss is struggling. And I'm like, we don't know if this is another two months, another six months. And as a business owner, I can't imagine the stress. Like, Because I would have done the same thing. I would have just cut everybody off and just made it as small as possible. Because well, well, we, the durations are known. We made, we, made, we made about 1% of our HQ beer right. team. But redundant. that's what I would have done. <laughs> so for what, for what you guys have done, I'm like, yeah, I would, have, I would have let every non-essential person go to try to reserve as much cash because if this goes on for nine months, yeah, I, th- I think that's the thing that, that's the hard thing is the unknown duration of this event. Um, have you found the EFP community supportive, James, or have they been quite negative? I think the EFP community, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same. Um, the vast majority of equity punks, very, very supportive and amazing. A small minority, less than supportive and less than amazing. But I think that's the same with the equity punk community in good times and bad times <laughs> and all the times. Yeah. Cool. James, when it comes to discounts, what's the... You announced some changes this week to the, the shareholder discounts. Um, what is the expected impact of that so is it that you see improved cash flow from that or some more simplicity what where, where did that come from both so it's something we've been considering for a while and it was a stat that i shared in the forum a few months ago that i think it was not, it was about 90 percent of the online shop users were equity punks 
and the pricing wasn't that competitive, the service wasn't that great. So we wanted to take a step back and re-envision and reimagine the, the entire model. So we've reduced the equity punk discount slightly to put it in line with the buyer discounts, but we've also reduced the prices on the online shop as well. So it should work out that what equity punks pay is almost the same as it was before. And we've introduced some other equity punk online benefits. But the problem was, unless we did that, the online shop was pretty much just equity punk only. And we've gone from 90% of our customer base being equity punks to over 90% of our customer base being non-equity punks. And wow. equity punks need to have two hats on here. A, they are a purchaser from the online shop, so they want the best deal they can possibly get. 100% get that. But as an owner of the business, they're going to realize more value through the upside of their shares in the future than from discounts in the online shop. And the fact that we can now use our online shop to attract so many new consumers into our universe, have direct relationships with us, gives us a pathway to growth there, which is going to add value to equity punks investments, whilst they still pay kind of the same for the online shop with a few things like shipping and bits and pieces thrown in there as well. And the early indications is that that decision is working um, as we hoped it would. Obviously, it changes something for equity punks, but hopefully they can take a step back and see the bigger picture here and see how we're trying to use this to drive value in terms of their investment. I got um, quite a heated debates with a couple of my pals, a couple of which have said they vowed to never buy Brewdog again. Uh, the reason being it was when the, uh, the email went out, basically say, look, if you want to help us out, buy our beer. Uh, it was received by them uh, who perhaps already weren't looking too favorably favorably at Brewdog for anyway. You know, they they were saying that uh, that it, it almost came across as a, a selfish act, um, which I didn't agree with. Well, thanks that you didn't agree. And I mean, this is, I, I am fighting to save jobs. <laughs> and if we can sell a little bit more beer in the online shop, we can save jobs. And, and, and that is what I'm trying to do here. At the same time, I realize it's a, it's a tough time for everyone and there's a balance in, in all of these things. Yeah. So how's it going um, with this sort of new normal, James, with, you know, uh, away from the business? I, I thought you'd, you posted an uh, image that your daughter came up with for mm-hmm. uh, potentially canning water, which wasn't the best received um, sort of plan on, on the shareholder forum, but nonetheless still trying to innovate. Um, I've thought I've also seen some great sort of stress relieving stuff that your wife's put up as well for uh, that my fiance will probably use with the colouring in. How, how's the sort of the away from the office life coping with uh, so the schools being closed and all the stress that's putting on on family life um, and away from the office life would involve me being away from the office <laughs> uh, i think the last two weeks i've left here after 10 a.m and been in first thing so um, I've, i haven't spent much time with the family which which is tough especially at this time um but as, as captain of this thing, I've got a huge responsibility to the team here and Johanna and the girls have been amazing and they're doing, doing the best they can in this situation. And the time that I did spend with Evie, I told her, hey, we've maybe got this water thing. So she wanted to design the label for it. And it, it's highly unlikely we are going to can water here. Um, what we wanted to get out in front of was a situation where most of the packaged water in the UK comes from mainland Europe could those supply lines get stressed, which means there's no access to water. And we just wanted to be ready to go should that happen. And in fact, water supply lines have been stressed in the US. So the US are doing it. Our distributor superior ordered two full truckloads because their current usual suppliers couldn't get any supply to them. So for us, that is just an absolute fallback. If there's not enough supply of packaged water, we know we can do it. 
and that would be something we do at cost to help the country get through this like we're doing in the States. And what's the feedback been on the sanitizer from the, the organisations you've shared that with? So for listeners who weren't maybe following, you've taken, is it the heads and tails or is it a full distillation process from the distillery to make that into hand sanitizer? It, 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 it's, um, it's actually a lot of the alcohol that we're using to make the sanitizer. Some of it is made on site. Um, in terms of heads and tails, I would need to check with Stephen Kersley. Also, to make as much as we possibly can, we've also bought in some alcohol as well. So it's been a combination of our alcohol and alcohol we're buying in. Uh, we're packing full speed today. One of the big challenges for that has just been getting containers. So this is the containers that we're packing today, as you can okay. see. So it's a 100 ml plastic container. At normal times, this would cost about five or six pence. Um, these cost us 70 pence and they're impossible, like impossible oh, to get. So we're also filling these ones, which have got a nice dropper on them. These are 30 ml. We have different 100 ml plastic containers coming as well. And I'm just going to grab and show you one. Should just explain to the <laughs> listeners what he was holding up there was like a very small champagne bottle, shampoo bottle. Oh, yes. We have these ones, which are pump activated 500 ml bottles. And we've also, for a few of the days this week, despite a few of our team working on it, we couldn't get any... Um, conventional ones so we've also been filling little sink the Bismarck and tactical nuclear penguin beer bottles for use as refills so we've also filled beer bottles so we are filling <laughs> any container nice. we can get our hands on I would say by Wednesday next week we'll have given away 100,000 units and um, some to the NHS in Aberdeen some to various charities and I think it's so important at this time business has to survive has to protect as many jobs as they can but i also think businesses have got a responsibility to help their country help their community through this and i think businesses have got a very important role to play there so as well as the sanitizer we're also using our vehicles in our local community to, to deliver school meals to families in isolation completely at our cost and also just in terms of the kind of the mental health implications of being in lockdown that was the main driver of why we wanted to do the online virtual bar. We've always been about bringing people together, community connection, engagement around about great beer. So we wanted to find a way to do that whilst the UK was, was pretty much in lockdown as well. I enjoyed that last night, James. I have to say, I was out walking the dog while doing it. Um, uh, my, own, my only thing, it would have been good to just get a couple more business updates in there, just some of the positive stuff going on. Um, but yeah, and uh, that beer, the Lambic from Overworks, just to... Just to drop a little bit of brew dog normalness in here looked amazing, and now I'm super jealous. I really want. In, in, sounds in, exciting. Insane, it's fantastic. So we're going to do a virtual AGM as well. We're just setting the date for that, but that is going to have a business update. But that is also going to have an AGM box of beers. So all of the special yes. beers that we'd be releasing at the AGM, born to die. This batch tastes amazing. Triple hazy Jane, hotly anticipated. Dog eye. Um, some other cool bits and pieces as well. So we're going to sell the box of AGM beers with some AGM merch online. And then it's going to be a much longer session. Um, it probably won't be on Zoom so we can get access to more people. There's going to be a business update. There's going to be a beer tasting. And we're going to try and still connect that AGM experience, despite the fact we can't get 14,000 people up to Aberdeen. You did the, um, speaking of Zoom, we did the first... Um online brew bar last night how, how did that go I, I couldn't join but it seemed yeah, well subscribed would be a good way to describe it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oversubscribed would be a, another way to subscribe but yeah it was it was really good um, it was good fun we shared some good beers we had a quiz we had some fantastic live music from Yarnica who were 
who were amazing. I think it was in their bedroom of the, the lead singer's house. <laughs> and I think it's something we definitely want to do again and just continue building that sense of community. Yeah, yeah, I really, I really love that the way that the guys who are doing the quiz would unmute the mics and get everybody to speak, which a thousand people at once was quite interesting. But, you know, just getting people involved, especially, and a little shout out here to Emma, of course, because um, they cut to Emma and everyone was going, oh, we need to get your address to send you some beer now. And uh, just about everybody in the chat was going, we think they know where she lives. It's okay. <laughs> it's a fix. It's a fix. <laughs> also, um, shout out to Emma, the gentleman who enthusiastically sang the Oasis song is uh, Carol Ottomar, who is our head of production here at Ellen. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Excellent. You've been taking a lot of sticks from the whole team for that all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, what the hell happened with the truck? Who's what, oh. A whole truck of punk. <laughs> so, firstly, it must be some high-class thieves. I thought they'd be going for, like, Stella or something, but, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> It was, it was just outside the Manchester area. It was bound for the online shop. It was about £150,000 worth of beer, completely stolen. We've since, since recovered the vehicle, completely empty. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, that, like, some of the things are things that are happening at a macro level that we just need to go with. Other things like customers saying they're not going to pay us, beer being stolen. Um, the Berlin facility was broken into. Four thieves had like heavy equipment trying to cut out of the safe. Luckily, they didn't. But like, wow. these are just things that make it additionally okay. tough at a time that we are like backs against the walls and, and fighting through this thing. Oh my goodness! Cool, um, excellent. And um, the Chancellor did mention Brewdog, I believe. <laughs> it sounded like Brewdog. Was it Brewdog? Um, yeah, it was. We actually paid him a truckload of stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen. <laughs> yeah, that was a really cool thing. I'll need to I'll need to cut that clip in so people can hear it. But yeah, that that was quite a surprise. So, uh, in terms of production, James, sorry, go on. Sorry, something that's coming next week as well. So we love shower beer. So yesterday we developed the ultimate. We think it's the ultimate shower beer, and we think shower beers are a great way to enjoy a beer when you kind of can't go out and about. So we've taken a lager base. We've spiked it with guava and grapefruit. It tastes amazing. Uh, we're hopefully launching that later next week. Excellent. Um, yeah, I was, was going to say... Um, I was going to point on. out um, the uh, the community who usually do shower beers on Reddit. If, um, there was like a subgroup called Shower Orange where people would eat an orange in the shower. Um, so like that's the new genesis. But um, I've seen a lot of people drinking Clockwork Tangerine in the shower on there um as kind of like a, a response because they've seen that you guys actually went the full shower beer route with the um the dog tap so i thought that was um oh, sorry the uh dog house so i thought that was quite funny um they they've been going on about um how th it's, it's all this like it's reddit so they've just kind of the the heat of the shower complements the the orange and the citrus. <laughs> it's so they're doing like heats of showers and beer pairings at the moment. It's it's hilarious. Um, so He's hopefully this uh, shower beer. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this new um, specific shower beer will go James, down quite well on that. Let, let me swing this back around to business. How's uh, how's production at the moment? Is there anything um, keeping you well? Everything's keeping you awake at night. But is there anything in production that's particularly problematic just now? So the key challenge for us is keeping enough of our fantastic team healthy. 
um, given what's happening and even if it's not them, we've, we've got a lot of team members at home at the moment, perhaps self-isolating because one of their family members has symptoms because of their family members is, is high risk. Um, so the team that we've got are doing a phenomenal job. Um, and we, we've put so many measures in place. We've got the first thing you now see when you walk in is a huge hand, hand sanitization station. We've got these all over the facility. We're issuing these to all of our teams. Um, we've got gloves, we've got optional face masks if, the, if those teams want. And to be honest, the, the, the production team in Ellen are the team which are standing between us and oblivion. This is what's keeping us going. So the fate of the company is in the hands of these amazing people. So myself and Martin are, are here to help whenever we can, but we're just so thankful to that team because they're detecting the jobs and livelihoods at this moment of yeah. all over 2,000 people. They're the absolute heroes of the day and we're all team, staff, community, equity punks should be all in the attitude of, of these people. And a lot of our team are working from home, but this work just can't be done from home. And they're doing a fantastic job at this time. I echo that and uh, thank you for having new 5% Hazy Jane available in my local Sainsbury's. It's yes, been a godsend. I, I'm loving that. Um, uh, my local pub last night um, uh, launched a local beer delivery service just in the, the village here in Newton Hill and um, it went exceptionally well. Uh, they, it took a long time to set up because they obviously had to set, make sure they could do all this safely. And uh, guess which the first thing that they ran out of on draft almost instantly. Punk IPA. Yeah. Punk IPA, yeah, no Punk IPA, absolutely the number one thing people went for, there's still plenty of tenants left, you'll be glad to know, so, <laughs> so you'll be getting a reorder from them, that's good news. But, yeah. James, you mentioned drinking beer and buying beer is obviously important, is there anything that the Equity Punk community can do to help a specific beer, specific channels, or are you seeking help, even just advice from anyone with specialisms, anything like that? Um, good, good question. Um, good, good question. Um, I think the key thing for us is keeping as much of our revenue as we can. So the first thing equity punks can do to help if it's buy our beer in the supermarkets, if it's buy our beer online, if it's maybe even gift some of our beer to some of their friends. So the thing that gets us through this is revenue um, in terms of other ways to, to help. Um, Yes, I guess it's tough because we'd kind of maybe ask for volunteers to come and help us pack sanitizer, but at the same time, we're trying to limit the amount of people and limit social contact and mm -hmm. a lot of the kind of usual things that we do to help our kind of community-based. And um, our online shop team are taking an absolute hammering. So I know you've got some expertise <laughs> there. So I might drop you, a, drop you a separate note just to see your thoughts on how we can kind of scale up effectively during this time. And yeah, I think it's just keep, keep, keep enjoying beer. And I think Throughout history, beer has always been the social constant that have got people in countries through tough times, from Great Depression to the World Wars. It is like something that people can find moments of joy in when things are when things are really tough. So we, mm -hmm. we think people are going to continue drinking beer this, and we want to we want to help them get their hands on fantastic beer to, to help the country through this tough time. What's your go-to beer at the moment for if you're able to just de-stress for a moment? Uh, my go-to beer at the moment is Lost. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. That's a surprise. <laughs> I think lots of beer that we don't we don't get much credit for, and we've had so many attempts at lager. I think Lost is a fantastic iteration of, of what it is. It's actually a beer that's on fire for us at the moment, and I think, again, European supply lines are a little bit stressed. Premium European lagers struggling to get into the UK, which is an opportunity for Lost to 
kind of find some new consumers, but yeah, lost, lost on a jackhammer in the big cans. Um, Doug, Doug's is uh, obviously hazy Jane because it's now quarter past seven in America, and he's. Uh, are you going for a second can, or are you just? Uh... Well, no, I'd have to go downstairs to get it. I didn't plan well enough. I only brought one can with me. But a tall can of jackhammer? Yeah, I'd be all over that. <laughs> uh, folks, that, that we've hit everything that I was on my list of stuff to talk about today. So, um, well, uh, James, one more you, thing I wanted to ask on, about yeah, I was is oh, last questions for James. Overworks for spontaneous beer next week. That's yeah. going to be a different. Ooh, that, that's my wheelhouse. Definitely going to be different, and like one of the most life-changing beers that I've ever had. It was after Sierra Nevada. Martin gave me a bottle of Cantillon. And it just had such a big influence in both of us. So being able to make a beer of that style, but in that method, but with a bit of a twist on it, because we've made it in Scotland, has been a whole lot of fun. I've also packaged it in the green glass bottle. So we're going as <laughs> traditional lambic as we possibly can. Richard Clacullen, who heads up over at Works, is a complete wizard. And this is him at his absolute best. It's a beguiling and, and beautiful liquid that we're really proud to be able to share with people. Well, I'm definitely going to order that. Me too. Well, Has anybody got anything States. else they want to ask to ask to James before we wrap up? Um, will you be putting the old episodes of the Brewdog Show up, uh, considering everyone's indoors now? <laughs> yes, we will be. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, anything for the US that's different or interesting in the next little while? Any like the Overworks um, spontaneous beer? Yeah, we're doing a home delivery service. Uh, from the Columbus facility and because more people in America have got kegerators we're also going to offer kegs on that facility and we've also Ooh. so we've got a stash of special kind of beers in the US that we've added to that service as well so I think we've added homicidal puppet help desk declassified demigod I think we've got some death or glory in the mix as well so we're kind of busting in our cellars and, and just hopefully selling everything we can because that gives us <laughs> revenue to be able to continue paying our, paying our teams. So. And one thing, one final thing that I absolutely loved looking to New Horizons was Calvin doing a bolt hop drop yeah. in Brisbane. That looked awesome. Yeah, and I think those kind of ideas and that kind of flexibility and adaptability from across all of our team has, has been phenomenal to see. Sophie's done some fantastic things from a marketing perspective. And our team all over the planet have been like being flexible and putting new and good things in place, which help us, which help, which help our communities as well. And I think the boat pickup is a, is a great example of that. Cool. Thank you. Excellent. Right, James, we'll let you go. Um, all we're going to do now is just talk about how we're finding coronavirus. So uh, I'm sure you've got more important things to do than stick around and listen to us. So. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. And like I said, our thoughts are with everyone you, James. during which a very difficult time for families, individuals, companies in the countries. And uh, yeah, we'll fight our way out of this one and hopefully come out the other side stronger. Thanks for the support, guys. We love you. Thanks, James. Thanks for your All the best, James. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Awesome. Well, there we go. That was nice. As ever, whenever James comes on, I always go all the things that were going, why would they do that? And this is like getting all this negativity. And then James explains it and you go, oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, listening to the first chat we had about resilience, I, I, you know, I, he answered that well, I thought. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, uh, you, long-term listeners will know that sometimes I take a slightly... Um, devil's advocate position as you do Rob, <laughs> as well um yeah. and you know i am reassured to an extent that this is uh 
something that wasn't foreseeable. There are commentators and former staff who did criticise a couple of weeks ago, saying, "Yeah, they really got into it." Oh, yeah, yeah, where where are the reserves? But at the same time, this is more extreme than than some of the other pieces. So, yeah, good good James to join join us and. Yeah, I've not actually placed a Brewdog order yet since this happened um, because I'm trying to drink through some of my stash, but uh, Overworks, Spontaneous Beer. Joe, you made some some noises that I think oh. were positive <laughs> with a human. Uh, <laughs> we all know that I'm, I'm the Overworks fangirl. I'm all going to be all over that. There's going to be many, many Overworks bottles coming to my house quite soon. <laughs> uh, right, let's just wrap up. I just want to, I'm sure listeners, uh, it's nice to have a bit of context here. I uh, just thought we'd just nip, nip around the group of us and just see sort of how we're getting on, uh, how it's affecting us. Obviously, we've heard from Ben earlier. Um, but, you know, how is it affecting your day-to-day life? Are you are you coping? Um, Joe, are you are you working? Are you working from home? Yeah, how is it playing I'm, out for you? I'm really lucky that I am still working. Um, I work for a charity and we support vulnerable people. So um, for us, actually we need to keep going because there's going to be more people in vulnerable situations that need us to support them right now. Um, so we are doing everything we can to keep, keep on keeping on. Yeah. Um, we officially shut down our head office where I work uh, on Tuesday lunchtime. Um, I've been flat out the last week and a half getting people that wouldn't normally work from home able to work from home oh this is the um, story of my last two weeks right yeah there. <laughs> yeah exactly right literally and then i've been like there was a meme that someone shared the other day that's um the picture of chris pratt with the velociraptors from one of the jurassic park films where he's like fending them off that's literally been me on on <laughs> the it help desk people going my vpn's not working have you got any laptops my phone's not working that's me just going whoa 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 hang on and we've just we've managed to get everybody kind of set up I'm now working from home um, and, we're, and uh, Gordon can work from home as well, my husband. So we're, we're doing okay. My yeah. beer stash is going through it though. Excellent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doug, obviously um, you're coping okay just now at this particular moment in time anyway, but how are you finding it in general? Oh, well, I'm an Android sales guy. So I'm normally out visiting customers two to three weeks a month. Um, so that's, I figure I won't see a customer till end of May, June, maybe. Um, but, you know, working from home, work with my coworkers. Um, you know, we're manufacturing, so we have a lot of people who have to go to the office to do the work we do. Um, but as many of us that can work from home, we're working from home. So, and then, you know, all of our customers are feeling it. So, yeah, it's just uh, things are a little slow. <laughs> but... Yeah. Andrew, sorry, I'm gonna cut you off there. Andrew, okay. um, obviously, uh, you know you're you're still busy. You're a bit like myself. You you're probably spending as much time on Zoom calls as as like you were actually in the office anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. Or, uh, my company's Zoom equivalent because um, yeah, yeah, Zoom's data. Anyway, Co- we'll go into that. <laughs> cooked up in um, cooked up in the flat in London. I know it's not a big flat, but are you still keeping it together? Family all well? Everything good there? So far, so good. Um, yeah, it's just getting a wee bit monotonous um but your life goes on i'm intensely lucky to still well to have a job to have a really positive reaction from my employer as well who i'm similar to doug i'm on the road a lot in a a sales role uh in my case with in the advertising industry uh for e-commerce and you know my business has been surprisingly strong and positive in reaction and they literally said this week we're writing off q2 
we know we're not going to hit it. Your job here is to preserve long-term customer trust. We've got enough in the, well, obviously enough in the bank to support that, but we back you to build those long-term customer relationships. And that's really reassuring and, and really positive. I mean, ultimately my my bigger worry is is for loved ones. Um, my best mate is a ear, nose and throat surgeon um, in London. And so some of the first-hand accounts I'm getting from him is are really worrying. Not of the, he's not an intensive care doctor, so he's not on the true front line, but he's still doing a very at-risk job looking in people's throats when this is a virus that breeds and grows in people's throats. So he's at strong risk of getting a big dose of virus from an asymptomatic patient, and yet I think he might have just got fitted for protective equipment for the first time this week. So wow. week two, week three of the wow. whole situation, he's got a little, uh, a wee boy that's a, a few weeks old. So my bigger worry has been people like him and other friends who are at the front line who, for all we, we wax lyrical about how wonderful our health service is in the UK, there still are failings from a government level to actually look after the people that work there who need the support, who need the equipment. And to be honest, my last couple of weeks has been spent just getting angry, reading about the shortcomings on, on social media. Um, hopefully it turns a corner, but it's, uh, it's not a fun time to, to have loved ones in the health service at the moment. Yeah, and obviously I've just realised all four of us have just gone round there talking about work. Well, I haven't spoken much about mine. I'll just quickly get mine out of the way. I have never been so busy in my entire life. It turns out that if you're a computer nerd in a crisis like this, you've actually got a use. Um, I always thought you were useful. <laughs> I mean, as you can see, I'm, I'm, I've literally, I've painted my wall, which, you know, obviously we don't normally do video. I've painted my wall. This is the big TV from the pub. Uh, I'm trying to actually recreate uh, my local pub here because they're desperate to keep things going. They've got staff. Um, so I'm doing what I can there. And as Joe was saying, I just feel like the last two weeks, all I've done is answer and not begrudging in any way. All I've done is just support people getting online. Everything from yeah. like helping my mum install Zoom to um, doing a presentation with 15 staff talking through how to get the most out of working remotely and, and with staff and, and stupid things like just including emo emojis in, in group chats because then you get context and you know? Um, so yes, anyway, that's my situation. And then I've realized, like I say, all four of us have now gone round and Ben, you were looking for work just before <laughs> all this happened. So I imagine you're yeah. still in the same situation. Are you keeping it together though? Yeah. I mean, I've worked from home for a number of years. Um, so, I mean, this is like a situation normal apart from the fact I can't go and get a coffee um, to get out of my, uh, my, uh, my uh, sanity. But um, yeah, unfortunately the, uh, the company that I was contracted to, um, they're legally domiciled in the Netherlands. So because of Brexit, they uh, weren't able to keep me on, um, which is a shame. Wow. Um, so I had a, a few interviews lined up um, and yeah, the the coronavirus came and they all got cancelled. So uh, unfortunately, I've just got to wait it out and see what happens. But um, ultimately, I mean... You know, I've I, I still live with uh, my mum, so my my rent's minimal. So yeah, that's uh, one side effect of uh, moving abroad is that um, uh, landlords over here just don't want to touch you unless you've been over here for like five years. So you know, even though I was born over here and I could give them references from before when I moved out, but 
yeah, so I'm just waiting for that period to end. So, uh, but couldn't have happened at a better time for me, I suppose. But unfortunately, I've got a lot of family who, um, you know, they're quite elderly and frail. I've been, you know, in my free time helping them out. And uh, yeah, one of them's currently in the hospital with COVID-19. But um, yeah, it's uh, my family are kind of like my my main uh, focus at the moment. Um, but just have to wait and see what happens. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy times at the moment. Um, and uh, all you can really do is just keep in touch with people. And uh, that's just how you kind of maintain your sanity uh, while remaining indoors. Well, we're all thinking of you, Ben. It's, it's, yeah. it's a horrible situation. I Thanks, think that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of preaching going on, particularly on if you live in a social media vacuum. But, um, you know, we're all at home. <laughs> we're doing this from spare rooms or from our only room, in my case, um, in, in my wee flat. And ultimately, just keep doing that because, you know, hearing from the front line, as we record on this Saturday morning at the end of March, the peak hasn't hit us in the UK yet. It is going to get worse. There's going to be some pretty harrowing stuff that we see on the news in coming weeks, um, similar to what we've seen come out of Italy. And we just need to all be there for each other. So my plea, I usually get on my high horse about something every episode. And it's usually (laughs) about the behavior of fellow equity punks. Let's just look out for each other, whether it's on the Equity Punk Forum, whether it's on iHardcore You Brewdog, whether it's little groups. And there's tons of groups. Doug, you've got one or two in the US where everyone's getting together on Zoom yep. to share a drink together. Look out for each other because ultimately it's very easy to get into a pretty bleak place when we're all cooped up indoors for 23 yeah. hours a day. There's no need to moan about trivial things. There's no need to shout a business like BrewDog, for example, which has changed the discounts partly for its own survival. The world's going to be a very different place in a, certainly in a year's time, and we can all yeah. play our part in that. So, you know, thank you to the listeners for your support and for listening, but also talk to us. You know, we're all pretty approachable people if you want to have a chat. Um, I'm sure we're all always open, whether it's through the forum or whether it's through other channels, but let's just be good humans. That would be nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I am. How um, these little video chats can lift people. We did a, my women's beer group did one the other weekend, and one of our ladies has um, severe uh, breathing issues. So she's been in self isolation for about three weeks already. Um, and just before it, she was like, Oh, I don't know if I want to come into it. I'm feeling a bit anxious about talking. I was like, It's just us. You've spoken to us before. Like, if you want to just stay for a little bit and then go, and then actually, we were online for about four hours and just that contact was what she needed to just kind of help her keep going. It's really important to just have that contact with people, however you can do it. Yeah, I know yesterday after the, uh, the Brewdog online bar, somebody, I think it was Mark Edwards started up another zoom and they went from shortly after the Brewdog one started. And I think it ran for about seven and a half, eight hours. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and apparently there was karaoke that we missed. <laughs> yeah. wow. you know, I, I, I think this is one of the things that's going to change with our society is using this kind of tool to keep in touch with yeah. three more friends. Yeah. Where, Absolutely. You know, we all had this tool forever, but nobody ever used it. And now we're like, oh, wait, I can use this all the time to get in touch with my friends and to mm. play a game or to have a drink and, or eat dinner or whatever. So, yeah. 
Folks, I'm going to wrap it up. Um, stay on the line once I hit stop. Uh, we'll have a quick chat. Just check we've got everything, do all the promo stuff and all that. But um, yeah, um, I think as anyway, if unless anyone else has got anything else they want to chime in with, I'll just get us all wrapped up. Okay, um, let's go around quickly. Um, if anybody does want to speak to us, Doug, let's start with you. What's the best way? Uh, Doug in a pub. Uh, Doug in a pub uh, all over the place. Instagram. Can confirm Twitter. you type that into Google, you get Doug. <laughs> uh, Joe, where can people contact you? I am Joanne Lovebeer on the forum. I am uh, a women's brew on Instagram. You can find me on a women's brew in, on Instagram, um, Facebook as well, if you want to do it that way. Nice. Andrew? Find me on the Brewdog Equity Punk forum as Andrew. And I'm also taking care, along with Joe and you, um, of the Brewdog News Podcast Instagram handle. That's at Brewdog News Podcast. T- tag us and stuff. You know, tell us what you're drinking responsibly, obviously. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it'd be great to, to have you come and join us there. Ben, where can people find you? Uh, I'm at uh, BD Antarctica on Twitter and I'm BenM1991 on the forum. Um, I've briefly changed my username on Twitter to the Royal Bank of Antarctica because <laughs> I. that's the thing. I didn't want people to think uh, I was ripping on a business while they're in survival mode. So I've just changed it briefly to, you know, just keep trolls off it, I guess, because people mm. will always retweet it saying, oh, yeah, how punk. Yeah, <laughs> Okay. There's no COVID-19 in Antarctica, though, so True. you're actually in the best position. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only untouched continent, and you've got a bar there. So um, You can find me. I'm at Sunscreen pretty much everywhere, or just go via the website. That is uh, brewdognewspodcast.com. Um, I, we've, I'll run through the whole thing, as I usually do. We've got the voicemail if you do want to send us a message. Uh, I don't know if the next one will be in a roundtable format. We might go back to the one that I edit and polish and add all the audio in. A lot depends on how much news is going to be now over the next few weeks. Uh, in the meantime, email a studio at Brewdog News Podcast, and we're on Facebook too, Brewdog News Podcast on there. Twitter is at Brewdog News, and Instagram, as Andrew has mentioned, is Brewdog News Podcast. Um, yeah, subscribe to the show. We'll be putting this out on video this time, I think, as well, hopefully. Um, just time to say goodbye, everybody, I think. So, yeah, uh, thanks again, and uh, we'll speak to you all very soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Stay home. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, watch your hands. <laughs> <laughs>